0: On this week's episode of Fit, Fun, and Frazzled, I am so honored to have on guest Courtney Young to talk about mental health and bring more awareness to mental health. Please sit back and listen to our honest conversation as we both talk about our own experience with mental health. Courtney works with VNA, that is Visiting Nurse Association of Ohio. She is an accomplished harpist. And she is doing so much with her social media and Instagram, talking about mental health, bringing awareness to it. She is such a positive and bright light. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Hi, can you see me? Hi, yeah. How are you? Great, how are you? Good.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to see your face. Oh, me too. (laughs) How have you been? Oh, great. Busy. But it's all for the best. It, I mean, the weather is life-changing when it's so I know. Cool outside the way it is. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. It's Things have been different around here, as you know, with um, retiring from coaching full-time and transitioning to a new career in the midst of a pandemic. It was, I mean, it has been such a crazy time.
0: Yeah. How have you been? Good. Just trying to get my business going and then still working in the family business. And then I went back to school and that. So
1: trying to do it all. Uh, yeah. No kidding. Like <laughs> well, your posts lately have been so uplifting and get me through so many days. So oh, thank you. Well, I'm going to say mean, the same about you, uh,
0: like inspiring I'm,
1: and helping me. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's great that we have that network of people that can lift each other up like that. And what I found through social media is that we don't even know who we're helping. And yeah. when people come out of nowhere and message you or call you, it it reminds me how important it is that we take responsibility for the voice that we have.
0: hmm that's so true. Especially
1: in such a public platform. And those are just the people that are reaching out. There are people that will never say anything and just continue reading and working through their own struggles. Yeah. Thank you. It's crazy. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's so crazy because I was
0: diagnosed with like anxiety and OCD like way back in the 90s um, when I was in high school. And back then, like no one talked about it. It looked like, I didn't even like, I mean, my close friends knew, but like, I didn't know anyone with it. And I wasn't going to say like, I'm going to uh counselor and I'm on medicine and all of this. Like at the time, like my parents didn't even know like the OCD, like what it was because I would have to keep, like, I would tell school, like I left my flat iron on, I have to go home like over and over. And they're like, you can't keep leaving school to go check, you know, but And I would check the locks and my dad traveled Monday through Friday. So I don't know if it like was like a protection thing. Like someone was going to break in our house, but I'd be up like checking, like all the locks, like over and over. And my mom was like, this is not like normal. So yeah.
1: How (laughs) like how has treatment changed or um, I guess, symptom management from then until now for you, what have you experienced? Um, Well, for
0: My OCD, my OCD goes like dormant where it's like, I don't have it at all. Sometimes like it will go like dormant, like years. Um, so once I first started treatment, um, I think I was like around 16 or 17. Um, when I was 24, I kind of started being more holistic and that's when I got into yoga a little bit. So I went off of medicine then after I had Avery. So like 10 years ago, my OCD came back and I had to get back on medicine for like a year. Um, and then it went away again. My anxieties, I live with my anxiety daily, but I it's been, I can manage it for the most part. Um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, it went a little crazy, I think, cause it was the unknown, Yep. but then um, it's, you know, I can manage it. Do you see
1: mental health in either of your girls? Either yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. They both,
0: um, Elle has OCD and A- Avery has been
1: um, clinically diagnosed with anxiety.
0: So, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's what I'm struggling now with Ivy. She mm-hmm. is in um, <clears throat> Avon Public Schools and they have been so amazing with her the counselors, the school psychologists, and they are helping her figure out how to manage it and helping me be a better mom yeah. for her. And for Ivy, it's, it's anxiety. And it, it like almost entirely prevents her from learning. So they were mm-hmm. able to establish which part of her brain shuts off. And in young school age children, short-term memory is considered seconds to two minutes And long-term memory is considered, and when I say considered, I mean, that's what they test. Right. That's two to 10 minutes. And Ivy's long-term memory is essentially shot with every test they ran her through. And her teacher and I were both able to identify all of the signs and symptoms, uh, the same signs and symptoms that led to anxiety, uh, I don't know if they would call it a clinical diagnosis at this point, because we are still working with the school mm-hmm. and the counselors and psychologists, psychiatrists. I haven't taken her to a mental health specialist, but they are so progressive with how they assess kids and help them. And they really believe that now with all of this knowledge and all the resources we have that they can help her work through it. And of course it's a team effort because if she doesn't get better, then we take the next step, which is beyond school. But right yeah. now it's early enough that they think it's something we can manage together. Yeah,
0: that's good. I love how the schools are like more proactive about it now. Um, Avery's kind of presented itself in preschool. She um, She's afraid back then in preschool is a bad person's going to get me a bad person's going to break in there were nights she wasn't sleeping and it's actually cycled like she's back to that like um i'm I'm sleeping in her bedroom on the floor because she's afraid someone's going to come and get her in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. um and then they're both they have test anxieties and i don't know where this stemmed from my husband and i neither one of us push you need to get good grades you need to do this we were not like that um i don't believe that. I rather than be the kid that sits with the other kid at the lunch table or kind. Yes. I say the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And my dad had said that too, like, it doesn't matter, you know, what degree you have, how much money you make, you have to be happy. So I've said that before, but somewhere along the way, they, they have to get straight A's. And so they're extremely
1: get anxiety about tests and
0: it's just, a whole nother world with kids these days
1: it really is i i mean you bring up a great point it I, we're the same way with our kids and for ivy it's a it's a test anxiety i mean that's one small piece of it mm-hmm. but the pressure they put on themselves i just i can't help but wonder did more of us go through this like from our generation and even like the generation between and now because it's more widely acceptable to talk about, we're finding more people are managing these types of struggles, or is it the accessibility to devices and never being able to turn certain things off because Mm -hmm. they've got it at their fingertips? These are, are questions I ask myself all the time, and all I can do is take the information and everything that we have and try to help each each of my kids, meet them where they're at and and help them through it while loving them all at the same time. It's yeah. these the things that I, I, I question always, like why is it happening to so many people? And is it actually happening to so many people or is this something that just wasn't talked about before?
0: I think it's both. I, I think, think yeah. I know I didn't start talking about it probably until three or four years ago. And, oh. you know, yeah.
1: You went your I whole mean, life knowing your diagnosis and what yeah. you- Yeah, were- I mean, just my close friends knew
0: and like some family, not even all family. Um, but yeah, um, I, I forget what I, I was watching. It was uh, Instagram, like one of my yoga mentors um, talked about it and I didn't know she had it either. And she opened up one day on Instagram and I was like, so do I. Oh, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I, I went my whole childhood, adulthood, thinking that my thoughts and my actions were normal. I was not diagnosed with any sort of mental illness until I was 32 years old. And my journey and my struggle is something that I I feel so passionately about sharing because mm-hmm. if I can help people from going through the same things I went through to find the right diagnosis for me, I think it would have saved me a lot of dark times, tears, um, I would have spent less time just sabotaging myself and punishing myself for things that were not even in my control, but I have such a strong support system that I was able to get through it, but it's, it's something that I, I am an advocate for now. And Mm -hmm. I will talk about it any chance I get because if my story can help someone, even one person, then I feel like I've done my part in even raising awareness and letting others know that they're not alone. Yeah. If somebody else were to go through this and they didn't have the support system I had or the 32 years of like confidence, because I, I learned how to use my, mental illnesses to my advantage Mm -hmm. and it like catapulted my careers in so many ways but it didn't change the way that I was feeling when I wasn't channeling that into something productive like work and that's where things just got really dark and sad and if somebody doesn't have that kind of support system or the they're not able to find how to use what what their issues are in a productive way. I mean, they might not ever know or to get help or even how.
0: I know. That's what I think, God, and like my parents are so progressive, especially for the late 90s that huh. sent me to a psychologist and psychiatrist. And they're very, I, I mean, I think because they're in the media and entertainment business, they're more open-minded like that. Yes. But
1: still, like they- that's so great that your, your parents are, are open to discussing it. Depression runs in my family. And I remember as a little girl, our dad taking happy pills. And I didn't know what that meant. But yeah. I knew that he needed it to help balance the chemicals in his brain.
0: Yeah. Sorry, my dog. Oh.
1: Yeah, my little sweetie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um do you see um does uh any of your mental illnesses like affect anyone with your friends or family
1: or That's a great question.
0: Notice that.
1: So I I started noticing that I was not okay. Uh it was Noah was probably it was probably 2 years after Noah was born <clears throat> and I went to my PCP my my general practitioner family mm-hmm. doctor and that is like the number one rule in mental health is n- not to go to your primary care physician because they tend to put you in a box and they have enough knowledge to give you a, a diagnosis and maybe put you on some medicine and then send you on your way mm-hmm. And I was the luckiest to have a primary care physician who said, I'm going to send you a referral to a therapist. And I called her and I talked to her for an hour. And she was able to say, after one hour of speaking with her, you have ADHD. And I laughed. I was like, No, ADHD, I wasn't expecting that because I was experiencing, I'd walk into a room and physically be there. I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I'm saying everything I'm supposed to say, but I'm not mentally checked in. I would be a million other places. And at that point in my life, I was really looking for fulfillment. I had accomplished so much as a coach, as a musician. I was really looking for something to fill my cup in another way. And I thought, okay, maybe I just need to be challenged. So that was when I started playing the piano downtown at the Big Bang Dueling Piano Bar as an Mm -hmm. entertainer. And I'd find myself sitting at the piano with the lyrics in front of me, practicing, learning, memorizing. And I'd walk away from the piano and I was like, what did I just do? And I'd yeah. have my computer open, I'm recording it. And even still to this day, I look back at some of those recordings and I can't recall one pattern that I did with my hands that actually stayed with me because it was, I mean, like it was in one ear, not the other. I go to practice, same thing, I would, work with the kids, the athletes, but I was thinking about a million other things at the same time. They mm-hmm. so like say, you know, attention deficit disorder, you have a hard time focusing on things. For me, it was that not even that I had a hard time focusing on things, but I, I was so scatterbrained that wherever I was, I wouldn't allow myself to be present in that moment, in that task, in that conversation. And the like impulsive decisions, the irritability, all these things that I thought were, I, I don't know. I didn't know what they were, but I knew they they weren't right. Right. I heard that, that therapist say to me, you're ADHD. And I was like, wow, i that's the last thing I would have thought. Like I'm a grown woman. I'm mm-hmm. not a little kid running around like flinging rubber bands at people. Like that to me yeah. is ADHD. So I, I started the process of working with her to discover treatment. And the company my husband works for has a company doctor, great company, um, all the services we essentially pay for through his health insurance and healthcare at work. So he said, Courtney, this is, this is great that you're seeking treatment and I'm happy that Like you're beginning to see the light and and to learn that what the way you're living, you you shouldn't have to put up with that, that there are options for you. He said, can we take this to the clinic through my office so that it's all inclusive in our health plan? So I said, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the Cleveland Clinic, where I was originally, was able to Mm -hmm. take everything and forward it to this doctor's office. And she reviewed everything, talking to her about our plans for treatment. And she said, "She said I see that you have symptoms of ADHD. I see that you have symptoms of depression, but you actually have anxiety. And I, I was like, oh, well, okay. I hear that word a lot. Yeah. I know it's, it's common. I said, okay, educate me, teach me. And she said, I think when we resolve your anxiety, you will no longer have depression, you will no longer have ADHD, and you'll be better and you'll be able to manage these symptoms. So I started on anti-anxiety medicine, and it didn't make much of a difference. So Mm -hmm. we added more, added more, I want to say added more, I mean we added more milligrams. So I started at 25, worked my way up to 200 milligrams, and I was just, I mean, I really was just a zombie. I, I'm extremely emotional, so I had no problem crying or laughing, but anything else, I was just a sluggish human, Mm -hmm. just schlepping through a day. And when I told her that it wasn't working for me, this is where I really grow concerned for society and others. She said, well, that's kind of just a side effect. So you can either take it and deal with it or not take it and have anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this isn't working for me. I gave it a year and a half. Yeah. It's not like I was like, oh, we don't click. So I'm going to leave, which is something I'm a huge advocate of that too. If you're not feeling Mm -hmm. it with someone, but I really did believe her and I trusted her. And I told my husband, I'm in tears. My depression is at an all time low at this point. And because I was so depressed, I couldn't even get out of bed in the morning just to put milk in a bowl with some cereal to give my kids breakfast and send them on their way. I was like, this, it's spiraling. I am as low as I can get, which means if I feel any worse, I'm I'm going to ruin people. Yeah. And that's what I meant earlier. When I said like the self-sabotage, I just found myself not even allowing the people who love me to, to help me, Mm -hmm. not in the sense that Courtney's having mental health struggles, but I, I almost took everything either as an attack or you don't understand. I was just, I deserted myself. I was on my own Island and I knew I was loved, I knew I was supported, but I didn't think anybody could really actually like get past that surface level of love and support and really understand me at a level that I couldn't access either. Yeah. So I think that's where my mental health impacted my relationships the most. Mm -hmm. I was just very disconnected, um, tired not because of lack of sleep, but I just could not get up and get out and see, I couldn't see the light of day. Yeah. So after talking to my husband about it, he gave me the okay to go back to the clinic. And I called my primary care physician. And I explained to him the whole journey since the last time we talked. And his heart I could tell, like I could really tell that he was heartbroken for me because mm-hmm. the whole like body language and demeanor <clears throat> changed. And I was like, thank you, I like, thank you for listening. <laughs> he, we hung up the phone. He contacted that therapist that I talked to the first time and she signed off on it and they put me on Adderall, very low dosage
0: mm-hmm.
1: in combination with the anti-anxiety medicine. And started taking it. Little by little, they increased me from like five milligrams a day to, and then balancing, take it at this time, extended release or not. And even still, I'm just at a, at a low, a low milligram of thirty milligrams a mm-hmm. day in combination with one hundred milligrams of Zoloft, the anti anxiety, and I. I see clearly now. I the sun is shining and I'm able to recognize that it's a beautiful day. I I don't have the same impulsive reactions to things when I am on that medicine. Everything that's so cluttered and jumbled and fast suddenly clears. Yeah. And the whole world slows down. <clears throat> And it's so nice to be able to navigate a day like in current time Mm -hmm. to feel like I'm always behind struggling to keep up. Yeah. And that's truly how I feel when I'm not on that medication. And I do think I can learn how to manage these symptoms and maybe eventually wean off of it but at this point my quality of life is so much better yeah because i take two pills a day <clears throat> i i can't see any reason for me to be like i i at some point i'm going to get rid of this medication because because what i'm going to get a trophy at the end of this life for trying uh-huh. to be medicine free I think for a lot of people, medicine doesn't work and it's not the answer. And for a lot of people, medicine does work and it is the answer. Mm-hmm. And the important takeaway <laughs> from all of this is that you need to find what works for you.
0: Exactly.
1: And that is that is that is so important because there's not one right answer to any, there is no formula you can put over top of a human being and expected to come out the way you want it to yeah life is trial and error and Mm -hmm. our our mental health director at the company i work for said it best when she said we tolerate way too much in this life and mental health shouldn't be one of them Mm -hmm. because we're all living with it and we all have treatment options and that's what i want for people it took me that long to come back full circle to my original doctor and therapist who diagnosed me ADHD. And I felt embarrassed. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown woman and I'm overwhelmed at everything and nothing. Like, shouldn't I know mm-hmm. how i manage by now? Shouldn't I figure out how to prioritize my to-do list to, I can't make a to-do list. It stresses me out all these things it's because it's all, I mean, it's truly just like particles in my brain that I I couldn't see through. So when I say that when the sun comes up and I see the sunny day before there was so much happening in my head and it was so fast, I really, I couldn't, I couldn't see through the clouds. It's, and now it's, everything is just slower (laughs) and it's, it's so nice. And I knew that the medication was working when, I was packing my kids in the car to go down to see my parents who live just 45 minutes away. And I was in no rush. I Mm -hmm. packed things, talked, reminded them to put their shoes on, take this, pack that. We got in the car. There was no screaming. There was no fighting. Not because my children ever did that, but because whatever reason, leaving the house has always been a huge trigger for me. Mm -hmm. it's really easy to look at that and say, you have anxiety. Yeah. And I see now how these things can get confusing, even to our mental health professionals. Yeah. As long as we continue pushing until we feel better, then we, you know, I I really can't blame anyone for just trying to help. Mm -hmm. They have the best course of action. But at, at the end of the day, we, we are the only ones that know how we feel. And we, we have to, the hardest step is the first step and we have to take it to find relief. Yeah,
0: you're so right. I was gonna ask, but you kind of touched on it. Like, are there things that trigger you? Because I know I have things like that trigger me and that you mentioned that leaving the house, I never put it together. And that is our house. That is literally... And I guess it's me, it's me. I'm stressing the kids out. I'm stressed out, so I'm stressing the kids out. Then they're reacting to me. Like. (laughs) For what reason? Like it's, (laughs) they're little kids. We had to get somewhere on time. Like, I don't know.
1: Right, (laughs) it doesn't matter how early I start the process. Yes. It doesn't matter how late we are. I, I mean, I'd freak out on everyone everybody are mm-hmm. like
0: I know Avery's it, very good at articulating things and she has told me she's like mom you're stressing me out can you stop just stop talking right now and I'm like uh, what <laughs> but I'm like <laughs> okay she's trying to tell me like stop you're stressing yes. me out
1: <laughs> I, I mean I look forward to when my kids are able to articulate that I mean Ivy is eight noah is six and i'm very vocal with them about my mental health and their mental health and i encourage feeling emotions and Mm -hmm. exploring that uh but in an appropriate time and place and they know that i struggle sometimes because i am extremely vulnerable and open with them they know that I make mistakes they know that I get sad they know that I am not perfect and I grew up always thinking and this is truly not my parents fault I have mm-hmm. always like respected authority in a way that I don't I don't want my kids to be blinded by that same, concept I guess that I was. I, I looked at grown-ups as having all the right answers. you mm-hmm. do what they tell you to do. and I mean my parents were hippies. like they're really chill. I worked hard to please them. Yeah. and as I, as I grew up and got older and I saw their flaws and their mistakes and I was like, wow, like they were struggling with this and that and still loved me through it all and took care of me and made sure I was okay. And now I, for whatever reason, feel like I need my kids to know I am not perfect and I I will make mistakes, I will mess up. And when I do, I will apologize and, Mm -hmm. and acknowledge that. And I hope that it teaches them to be able to accept failure and defeat and acknowledge that they make mistakes because nobody is perfect. And I also feel the need to tell them that because to take a completely different turn, I. Working with children in the gym, Mm -hmm. I've become aware of how many physical, emotional, and sexual cases of abuse happen in Mm -hmm. our youth, all because I'm standing there on the big blue mat, coaching kids who are struggling, and we come to find out this is what's happening at home, and this is what happens when they go to their uncle's house, to their friend's house. So I've told my kids over and over again, grownups aren't always right. Grownups don't mm-hmm. have all the answers. And if anybody ever does this, says this, touches this, does that. Yeah. You say no, you scream and you get out of there. Yeah. Thank God. Truly that nothing like that ever happened to me
0: as mm-hmm. a child,
1: because I guarantee I would have just let it happen. And already considering my mental health and how fragile I was all those years until my thirties. And I was like, I'm going to get help. I can't imagine how many people are living that reality now. Mm -hmm. So I'm open with my kids and still trying to be appropriate with their age
0: and understanding
1: what they could repeat or take back to school. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I went to a wine tasting, uh, not too long ago for a uh, bridal shower and Noah, my six-year-old told his teachers that I was going to a drinking contest. So <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, <laughs> 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 so, but, you know, they're, they're kids um, yeah. so I, and it's little things like that, that remind me Yeah. It make it appropriate and in context that they'll understand because they are little. Mm-hmm. So try to admit the blatant mistakes, and when I react like that, getting in the car, it's I explain that I am working on not acting like that anymore, and I'm trying to slow down and be better for them. And it's okay, mommy, which makes it even harder because oh. they, you know, they just love us so much.
0: Yeah, so
1: it's, it's crazy what what it does for us at home.
0: Hmm. I know um thank you so much for coming awesome. on here thank you, you seriously, for me. i just love your instagram account your stories you're sharing you. you've helped me even talking with you right now i
1: think this is going to help so many people you have helped me just talking right now thank you i love that you have this platform to share this information with people because it's so important mm-hmm. and i I'm the brand ambassador for the visiting nurse association of Ohio and our mental health department is expanding and growing by the day. And I'm so grateful that they gave me the opportunity and the platform to speak as an advocate on all the work that they're doing. They are the professionals. This is their education, their knowledge, Mm -hmm. their livelihood and their experience and openness to sharing it on social platforms has given us the opportunity to reach that many more people.
0: Do you wanna give um, the um, listeners the website for them? And then I'll also put it in the show notes and oh also gosh, um, your Instagram page yes. so people can follow you. Thank
1: you, thank you. huh. Yeah. <laughs> I work for the Visiting Nurse Association of Ohio, our social media accounts, are VNA Ohio, and that is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I'm working on getting our YouTube up and running. It's the social media platforms I manage. So if anybody ever direct messages or comments on VNA Ohio social media, they'll be interacting with me directly. Okay. And My personal account is Courtney Kenya K A N I A Young, and that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So that's it's just my first name, my maiden name, my married last name, all wrapped into (laughs) one. A lot of you'll see a lot of music on there too. As a harpist, it's that's been my like my greatest gift to the Visiting Nurse Association is being able to play for people. And that's truly another form of healing physical pain with a mental gift, because I can't go in with medicine or a bandage, but I can go in with an instrument and connect with them and music that's important to them. So I hear a lot of play beautifully.
0: I love listening to you.
1: (laughs) So Lots of kids, lots of mental health advocacy, because like I told you about my journey and helping others, and our work through the Visiting Nurse Association, we really just want people to know that they have options, and we tolerate too much, we put up with Mm -hmm. a lot more than we should, and mental health is something we're all living with, and we can all live a better life, as long as we know that we have people to talk to, and resources to utilize.
0: Oh, yeah, thank you.
1: Of course, this (laughs) is just so wonderful, I would like to come back anytime. Okay. Yes. I mean, I would love to have you back. I can. Yeah. (laughs) I can talk all day, especially with somebody who gets it, believes in it and has the same mission of helping others. And also in your own journey of healing Mm -hmm. every day.
0: Yes. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank
1: you. Have a good rest of your day. Well, thanks. You too. Give the girls all my love. I will. Thank you. Uh
0: Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's episode of Fit, Fun, and Frazzled. And thank you, Courtney, for coming on. It was such an honor and a pleasure to have you on. If you would like to follow Courtney, you can follow her on Instagram. I will leave this all in the show notes. And. If you liked this episode, please share it on social media. Please share it with a friend or family member. Tag me, tag us, tag Courtney. And if you would like to head to Fit Fun and Frazzled, leave a review, rate it, and thank you all. And as always, have a great day.